for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What's going on? Welcome into Bet the Edge this morning. Thank you to those of you watching on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Packed show today. Joe Prince Wright is here to handicap DPL this week, including a line with tons of value in the star-studded Liverpool and Chelsea matchup. Will Gray will join us to give us some big hitters to consider backing at the BMW Championship. And Jay got your head trader at points that will give us a peek behind the curtain at the sportsbook there to let us know which lines are attracting betters in college football markets. And of course, edge of the day, all that coming up right here on Bet the Edge powered by PointsBet. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. And we have so much to get to, Drew. So we welcome in our first guest, because this guy is crushing the soccer betting landscape in the EPL, and that is Joe Prince, right? And I know you're out there covering the Premier League for NBC. Of course, you were lucky and were able to be at the Chelsea and Arsenal game on Sunday where Chelsea, my team, happened to win 2-0. to nil. But now we look ahead to week three in the Premier League, and we get to see Arsenal. I know they're coming off of a loss, and uh, Man City obviously lost their first game, had a huge bounce-back victory, but I look forward to this Sunday seeing Arsenal and Man City play and Man City back at home. Ultimately, Joe, I'd like to know how you evaluate this matchup and who comes out on top. 
This is a tough one. I think Arsenal have pretty much hit rock bottom already and it's only two weeks into the season. I mean, I was, as you said, I was at the Arsenal-Chelsea game and some of the fans uh, at Arsenal were already arguing and fighting amongst themselves and discussing how bad they are, how terrible of a season this is going to be. I don't think it's as bad as everyone's making it out to be right now. They have a lot of issues with COVID. They've had a lot of players miss early in the season. Just signed Martin Odegaard, Ramsdale, Ben White. I mean, they've spent close to, what, $200 million on new players, all very young, all under the age of 23. So there's a long-term project at Arsenal. Yes, it's not been a good start, but I think if you're looking at the value here in this game, the draw or Arsenal win, that's something that really it caught my attention for some reason. I think it's, you know, plus 333 uh, at Man City. And why I'm saying this is it will be a, a shock to people uh, watching this, but it's because Mikel Arteta was Pep Guardiola's longtime assistant at Manchester City. He knows Guardiola's tactics better than anybody else. And we spoke about it the last time I joined you guys. This is a good time to play Manchester City early in the season. Kevin De Bruyne isn't up to speed. A lot of players are still getting up to full fitness. And, you know, Jack Grealish was good. Hasn't really hit top form yet either because he had a busy summer. So in a weird way, uh, Arsenal have nothing to lose in this game. They've played against City in recent seasons when Arteta's been in charge and done a really good job of having... Five defenders at the back, a three-man central defence, keeping it tight. And then they have the likes of Saka, Smithrow and Aubameyang on the counter to really hit Man City hard. So something about this, if you're going for value, I feel like the draw and Arsenal win is a really good bet for this weekend. But most people will go big for Man City, I'm sure. No, that's the right look. <laughs> that is absolutely the right look. Buying low on Arsenal at this point makes so much sense. Think about the, they had the, the, the opening match at Brentford. The Bees were coming out with their hair on fire and then they turn right around and uh, get mowed by the absolutely informed Chelsea team that none neither of those things should be a surprise and, and really the market has way overreacted to just two results so I think you are on a very very good trail there realistically let's talk a little bit more about Chelsea um, this Chelsea team looks very dangerous all of a sudden and the addition of Romelo Lukaku in particular has really kind of gelled their offensive attack. Do you think that uh, that particular aspect of their lineup will be the distinguishing factor against Liverpool this weekend? And, you know, I mean, I guess, do you have them power rated higher than Liverpool in general? I do. I do. Liverpool started well, but no disrespect to Norwich and Burnley. They played two smaller teams and just taking care of business. This is a, a big test early in the season for Liverpool. Chelsea have been excellent uh, against Arsenal. Lukaku was the difference. Uh, the way he holds the ball up brings all their other great attacking players into the fold in dangerous areas. And we spoke about it again before the season started. He was my pick to, to be the top goal scorer in the Premier League. And I just feel like this entire Chelsea team was missing a clinical finisher, a focal point, a number nine who can hold the ball up. And we saw that against Arsenal. We bullied the Arsenal defenders, got into the box, tapped the ball in from a couple of yards out. And it may look easy, but not many players can do it the way they can do it. And he just dominates that area of the pitch. So I'm really intrigued to see Liverpool against Chelsea purely for the fact that Lukaku is going to be coming up against Virgil van Dijk, arguably the best centre-back in the world. He's now back fully fit after that lengthy knee injury where he missed pretty much the whole of last season for Liverpool. And he's like a Rolls-Royce of a defender. He makes everyone around him better. He's been excellent early in the season. Liverpool look really composed when he's back there, two shutouts. But I just feel like Lukaku is going to dominate. And the one question mark I have about Liverpool, they have started really slowly in a couple of games so far this season. So I expect Chelsea to come flying out the traps and Lukaku uh, to make the most of those opportunities. 
Such a good number on Lukaku, plus 425 to be the first goal scorer in this game. Obviously, a few reasons, as you mentioned. Liverpool's defense, pretty incredible, yet to concede a goal so far in the first two weeks. But I love this play. Lukaku is one of my favorite players, so backing this, I will be doing. I looked at Tottenham and Watford, and this game stands out for a few reasons. And most importantly, earlier this morning, news came out that Harry Kane will be staying with Tottenham despite the Man City rumors and transfer rumors happening. So he will be staying with Tottenham, and they're now playing Watford, but it seems like you've been high on the Hotspurs since we've been talking to you over the past few weeks. Did you have any indication this was going to happen, and how does this change your play, not only for this week, but moving forward? I think we're all a bit surprised the way that publicly it's been played out. I mean, Harry Kane's brother is his agent, and it hasn't really worked the way they wanted it to. You know, uh, let's let's all hold our hands up. They wanted to move to Manchester City, but he had a three years left on his contract at Tottenham, and Daniel Levy, the Spurs chairman, is one of the toughest businessmen and operators in the Premier League and in world football. So he wasn't going to let him leave for anything less than the $220 million he wanted. Man City just couldn't afford to pay that for him right now. So reluctantly, he's at Tottenham. And I think as long as Harry Kane is focused and he's professional, which he's always been throughout his career, this is big for Tottenham. This is huge. I've already got Hon Son, Lucas Moura, Steven Bergwijn, a rejuvenated Deli Alley. So some great attacking weapons and they've won their first two games of the season. So yeah, this is only good things for Tottenham. I think now this pushes them from being a top six contender to now being serious contenders for being in the top four if Harry Kane is around. And Paul Watford, I, ahead of this game this weekend, I just see nothing but goals for Tottenham. Um, they've obviously, in the first couple of games, only got a couple of 1-0 wins under their belt, but they have created a lot of opportunities. And now if Harry Kane is going to play some part, I can just see him tearing Watford's defence to shreds and yeah, Tottenham minus three is a really good price. Uh, and when Watford were last in the Premier League, we talked about it before, they won these yo-yo clubs that keep getting relegated and coming straight back up. They have had some horrendous results against Tottenham Hotspur. And I think this is going to be another one. And I think everything around Tottenham, the positivity, the players, the fans, the club, everyone's going to be really happy. Maybe apart from Harry Kane that he is staying, but he does seem focused, which is a very good thing for Spurs. Uh, it's fantastic look. And honestly, the fact that you locked in plus 900, I can't imagine it closes there, particularly if we get word that Harry Kane takes the pitch on the, this weekend. But uh, very fun angle of attack and credit to you for being way ahead of the market on Tottenham to start the season. A team that I was not expecting to be talking about here <laughs> as a contender is the West Ham Hammers. These Hammers have been clinical in terms of finding the back of the net here eight goals through two matches is this a reflection of their uh, the strength of their opponents or is this team actually one of the more dynamic scoring teams in the EPL they are they're very clinical and they just kind of fly under the radar David Moyes is an unfashionable manager you know Moyes has been there and done it got the t-shirt and <laughs> they just play to their strengths they just they West Ham are just one of those teams that they're there they're solid they're dependable uh, and I love Mikel Antonio Ben Rama for now is they've got so many good players that they, they just combine really well. And as long as all those players stay fit, West Ham are going to have a really good season. Of course, last year, they shocked everyone, finished in the top six of the Premier League. Nobody saw that coming. They were relegation candidates and nearly went down the season before. So they've done a great job. And the only kind of wrinkle with West Ham this season is that the Europa League group stage, which they've qualified, that starts in a few weeks' time. So then they're going to have to play Thursday, travel around Europe, come back and play on a Sunday in the Premier League, do it again. And I don't think their squad is big enough. They haven't mm. lost Declan Rice. They haven't lost 
you know, a lot of their big players, which is great news for the Hammers. But they haven't really signed anyone either. So I'd maybe expect them to make a few moves late in the window. But I do love what they're doing. And yeah, their fans are really happy. There haven't been a positive atmosphere at their new stadium for the last few years. So it was really nice to see them hammer Leicester, pardon the pun, and then obviously uh, create a positive atmosphere. I think it's going to be a good season for West Ham. Joe, real quickly, they are playing Crystal Palace this weekend. Favorites, minus 182 on the money line, Crystal Palace, plus 525. Obviously, the second best odds would be the draw. Who do you like in this one? That is tempting, the draw, actually. As much as I've just talked up West Ham there, Palace are decent defensively, but I, I don't think they're going to score many goals under Patrick Vieira. They've changed their playing style too much. So, draw's a good bet there. Draw's a good bet. Safe to say, I'll avoid the minus 182 laying that for West Ham on the money line this week. And be sure to follow Joe on Twitter at JPW underscore NBC Sports. Check out all of his EPL content there. And of course, on NBCSports.com. Joe, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much. Look forward to it. Take care, guys. We are in the middle of fantasy football drafting season. Be ready with the perfect companion, an NBC Sports Edge Plus subscription. Get draft guides, player projections, rankings, and more to gain an edge this season. And if you type in the code SARAH15, you'll get 15% off any annual subscription. Yes, of course. Uh, if you can't uh, quite figure out how to get Sarah 15 in there, Drew 15 will work also. Uh, that Either of these codes will get you 15% off your subscription. We're not making any money off you using Sarah or Drew. I promise you that. So That's whichever true. one you want to use is not a big deal. I won't worry about the commission, Drew. It's all yours. No, no. there's not even a friendly competition here in terms of who gets, you know, whose who's, who's code is used more. Use the code. Get yourself a subscription and get ready for fantasy football season. That's all we got. It's Wednesday, so we can talk about football at another time. On Wednesdays, we talk to Will Gray and we talk some golf, and that's what we're going to do. We welcome in Will Gray and super excited to talk about the BMW Championship because the second leg now of the FedEx Cup playoffs continue this week, this time at Kays Valley Golf Club in Owings Mills, Maryland, right down the street from me, actually, at the BMW Championship. And, Will, when we talked to you last week, there was definitely a lot going on. And now Tony Finau finally gets his first tour win. We look at that and we look ahead to Ryder Cup. And ultimately, what did his victory do for Team USA's outlook ahead now as we get ready for Ryder Cup as well? Yeah, first off, uh, I have to apologize for not having a cool accent. I'm following JPW <laughs> Croucher on deck here. There, I, it's, you're stuck with me, but we'll try and soldier on. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on this week, Sarah. You've got the top 70 trying to get to the Tour Championship next week, which is only 30 players. There are some huge incentives to making it to East Lake, but there are several Americans who have Ryder Cup on their mind. And you mentioned Tony Fina. That was a, he picked a good week to have a good week. And he is now on the inside track. He moved from 12th all the way to sixth. And he has that, that spot. There's only one spot left up for grabs. The first five have already been claimed. So Finau holds an edge over Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, but there's other guys in the mix like Patrick Cantlay, Harris English, Daniel Berger. All of them can get into that top six with a win this week. That's a tall task given how strong this field is. But I do look at a guy like Patrick Cantlay. He's paying plus 220 right now for a top 10 finish. But I think that he's really going to get into the mix off a T11 finish last week at the Northern Trust. He struggled on the green somewhat, but he's been really solid T to green. Over the last 40 rounds on the edge driver tool, you can see he is fourth in T to green strokes gain behind only Rom, Morikawa, and Justin Thomas. So he's definitely a guy that I would expect to have some success. This is a brand new golf course, Caves Valley as you mentioned, has never hosted a PGA Tour event before. So everyone is learning on the fly. You have less practice time than you expected. 
with the Monday finish. So uh, there, there's a lot going on and a lot of different motivations uh, and incentives in play this week. Oh, fascinating to see uh, how this plays out and uh, wild looking at a golf outright market and seeing a player priced in the range that John Rahm is priced here. Six to one to win a golf tournament. If you look around, there's some places that have them under five to one. So wow. he is obviously a very, very hot choice. And it's completely understandable to see why he is the best golfer in the world. And he's playing top peak form right now shocked that he didn't uh, win that that uh, tournament last weekend to be honest does his price and the amount of margin he's eating up at the top of the board open up the door for any of these other players to you know to make a value bet on in short yes i mean you you understand why john rom is priced where he is given how well he has played over the last couple of months when he's not been sidelined with covid uh so he he basically almost went wire to wire last week at Liberty National, but you mentioned it's it's amazing to see this situation where he's basically three times the price of his next closest competitor. You've got Shoffley and Spieth at 18 to one. So he is so far out in front of the market that I do think that it, it has to have some ripple effects down the board a little bit. And one guy that I have circled is Rory McIlroy. He's a guy that's sitting there at 28 to one, which is a high price for Rory in a 70 man field. This course, they're all learning it for the first time this week, but it has gotten some comparisons to Quail Hollow. And that is a big green light for a guy like Rory McIlroy. It's a long course. It can stretch over 7,500 yards. It seems like there's going to be some room to miss off the tee. It's pretty wet. You're going to see some low scores. So even though he's been hit or miss in recent weeks, especially with the iron play last week at Liberty National, I think this is way too high a price for Rory in a no-cut event, limited field. He's got tremendous upside knowing he's going to have four rounds. Well, that's fascinating. And I've had, I had him pegged to uh, do well last week he underwhelmed early but then came on later in that uh, tournament so he may be able to carry that form into the air one name at the top of the board that i'm considering attacking in the head-to-heads here is jordan speed it felt like he was spraying last week and just kind of breaking down this course a little bit a little bit narrower fairways longer course he could potentially get punished am i on the right track here and do you does it make sense to you to attack jordan speed Given how well Spieth has played since basically February, I'm not rushing to fade him in a head-to-head situation, but I do understand where you're coming from on the handicap. I think that this is going to play a little bit of a longer course, and so I'm looking at guys who are stronger with mid-irons, who are, who are really strong off the tee and going to be able to create those sort of birdie opportunities. You're right. He was he was definitely going a little bit sideways last week in New Jersey, and so it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to be able to bounce back. He's one of those guys that is assured of a spot Next week at the Tour Championship, it's a matter of how many starting strokes is he going to have, not a question of, you know, a guy like Rory is, is just fighting to make the top 30. Spieth doesn't have that problem, uh, but you're right. This does not seem like a super great fit for Jordan Spieth based on the limited knowledge that we have of Caves Valley. Uh, but at the same time, I, as I said, I'm not rushing to get on the opposite side of Jordan Spieth on anything for the last basically 10 months. Well, head trader at points by Jay Croucher will join us next, and he'll be happy to hear that because he is the third and most bet for the outright winner at 18 to one. It's Rom Bryson and then Spieth to win this weekend. Hey, real quick, Will, before we let you go, you talk a lot about motivation, extra incentive, excuse me, to do well this weekend. If there's one golfer that fits that script that you're looking to back at the BMW Championship, who is that? Yeah, I'm looking at at a guy like Max Homa, and I'm really zeroing in on that 30 to 35 range because, as you mentioned, there's a lot of incentive this week. If you make the Tour Championship, you are in all four majors next year. And so for some of the rank-and-file guys like Cameron Tringali, Hudson Swafford, who are on the outside looking in, that's a huge carrot to be chasing this week. Max Homa is the bubble boy. He's starting the week at number 30 in points. He won earlier this year 
at Riviera, but has some top tens at some big courses like Innisbrook and Muirfield Village, as well as Bay Hill. So I see him at nine to one for a top 10 finish. He's about 125 to one to win. But I think that nine to one top 10 price is really uh, pretty intriguing, frankly, given the small field, given the no cut factor. And because even if he's 30th or 35th heading into the weekend, he's going to keep that pedal to the metal because he needs to play well over the weekend to make sure he gets a spot in Atlanta next week. Love it. Max Homa, 9-1, to one, of course, 125-1 to one to finish first. I like the top 10 look there. You can follow Will on Twitter, at WillGrayGC. So much more analysis on NBCSportsEdge.com. And don't forget, he will be part and a big part of our Going for the Green preview of the Tour Championship next week on that show with Drew and I. Will, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. We'll see you next week, guys. We appreciate you listening to us here on Bet the Edge. Wherever you may be listening or watching, make sure to rate the podcast. Of course, sign up. We are giving you the most actionable information every single weekday in just about 30 minutes or less. The lines move extremely quickly, and we want to make sure you're gaining an edge with us. And make sure to hit us up on Twitter as well. We love hearing from you and are here to answer any and all questions you have or listener suggestions as well. If you agree with me that uh, Rory McIlroy over Jordan Spieth is a solid play for the BMW, uh, you can find me at whale underscore capper. Uh, and if you want to reach out to Sarah, she is at Sarah Perlman. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you do for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Now, if you want to reach out to Jay Croucher, you could also find him on Twitter at PointsBetGhost. And for that, we welcome him in to talk really about everything and the movement they're seeing at PointsBet Sportsbook. And I want to start with some Premier League action, Jay. I know you're an Arsenal fan, obviously. You may be a little down in the dumps, but if you listened to Joe Prince right earlier in the show, he had some good things to say about this Arsenal and Man City matchup on Saturday. Seems like you guys really are not giving your team any chance in this one. 11 to 1 to win. Man City's minus 455 on the money line. The draws at 5 to 1. Are you guys giving any chance on your squad to get it done this weekend? Uh, no, no, no chance, Sarah. I think Man City minus 455. That sounds about right. Uh, no, but to be honest, I do think that there is a little bit overblown about Arsenal's alleged crisis. I mean, they do this all the time. They hunt out crisis. 
then they repair it. And then around match day 30, they'll find a new crisis. Uh, I think the thing with Arsenal is that, uh, you know, as Joe talked about, they're, they're missing half their team at the moment. Like Thomas Partey, who I think is their best player. Uh, he hasn't played, he's injured. And then other key players like Saka, Bamiyang, Lacazette, Ben White, Erdegaard, Gabriel, these guys haven't played or they've missed time. So I think that when Arteta has his real team, they'll be a lot better. But uh, still, even with the players they have had, it's been disappointing. But so Man City are clearly in the box seat, but I'm sure Arsenal will turn around against Norwich and Burnley after that. Interesting. So Joe's giving them a double chance and you're still giving Arsenal no chance. Um, <laughs> He's a fan. He's an Arsenal fan, so it makes complete sense. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm curious if you've seen any, you know, we, we obviously we're a couple of days away from college football week zero kicking off a um, couple of interesting games this weekend. Maybe there's some movement that's worth picking in, but uh, more, even more than that, we had Vaughn on yesterday. We got into a very deep discussion about Oklahoma and whether their line, you know, whether their price was fair. We're starting to see the market creep there uh, where they're coming into, you know, close to the same prices as Alabama and Clemson, you know, now at about six to one to win the outright here. First question for you about college football. How many teams realistically have a chance of making the playoff? out of this group and you know of the cream of the crop here at the top has anyone really been sort of the uh, the sharp punter's choice so oklahoma you know like you said they're the big mover they've gone from eight to one to six to one for a lot of the reasons that that vaughn touched on where you know they've got a lot of continuity they've got a lot of returning players and then also just the the high-end talent um, of rattler and mims who who could be the two best players you know at their position uh that's led to to them really firming and, and getting into that top four uh, with Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. So those are the four teams to really look for to make the playoff. Georgia, on the other hand, they've drifted a little bit uh, as Oklahoma have come in, uh, going from six to one out to, uh, to plus 750. But Oklahoma, they've been the team that has been, that's been really heavily bet with us. Although Alabama, as we've talked about, they're still the most bet team. Yeah, just looking, even some money coming in on Spencer Rattler now down at plus 550 to win the Heisman Trophy. So clearly, people have really started to get involved with the futures market in college football. And Drew mentioned we're getting ready for week zero. And if I look ahead to this weekend, even the following weekend, I know this is probably when you start to take some sharp action. I look at some of the bigger games, Nebraska and Illinois, Connecticut, Fresno State, Hawaii, UCLA. At what point do you expect to really get hit by some of the bigger batters and start to see some movement and action in week zero games? So with college football, even more so than the NFL, the vast, vast majority of our action of our big bets is, is going to come on game day. We're around, you know, 80% of our pre-match activity on college football is on game day. And, you know, almost half of that is in the hour leading up to kickoff. So that's where the really big bets come in. NFL, it's less concentrated uh, on game day. It's still the majority of action. But I think just with NFL, because there's greater awareness you know, of the individual players, of the teams, just nationwide, that there's a bit more of an appetite to bet on, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, you know, as you guys know, the, the early bet, that's when the lines, you know, can be a little bit more vulnerable because they do firm throughout the week. And then by game day, um, you do have that certainty, but that there is a lot of liquidity um, in those markets and they, they are pretty tough to beat. Okay. Uh, real quick before moving on, you expecting a bigger handle on college football week zero or NFL preseason week three? Uh, college football week zero, I think. I okay. think with the preseason, okay. particularly now with, with the trend towards not even seeing a lot of the, the older veteran star quarterbacks. And, and obviously there is you know, a lot of attention on, on Trey Lance, on Justin Fields, on Trevor Lawrence and looking what they look like, particularly if they are in a QB battle. But 
So I think that we'll see more um, on college football with, you know, these real games. I think that, that that's where the activity will, will drive. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, moving on to the NBA, because I know you are an NBA guy true through and through <laughs> the wind totals popped the Nets sitting at 55 and a half bucks, 54 and a half Lakers, 52 and a half. Of course, we are expecting to get expecting to get a full season this year. Uh, have you seen any interesting uh, activity so far in the betting total market? Uh, of course, Corey high on his Knicks yesterday. He already got an edge of the day and on Knicks team, a Knicks uh, win total over. But uh, is there any uh, movement so far that's worth reporting? Well, that's the one, the Knicks, the over, over 40 and a half. That's been bet to minus 140. That's our most heavily bet win total. I think the Knicks fans, they took a little bit of offense. Uh, the number was set so low at 40 and a half because they were on a, a 46 win pace over an 82 game season last season. But I think that the thing with the Knicks, even though I, I think they have gotten better with their additions, particularly with, with Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier uh, and Julius Randle obviously comes back you know, after his incredible season. But just the teams that they, they finished ahead of uh, last season, they're going to get better, particularly look at Boston, Miami, Atlanta, Indiana. These are all teams that the Knicks finished ahead of in the standings, and they're all teams that we project with higher win totals. And I think that despite adding Kemba and Fournier, uh, there is going to be some regression where teams had the lowest three-point shooting percentage in the league when they played the Knicks. So the Knicks got the most luck out of that. And, you know, I'm sure there is an element of Thibodeau and the frenetic defense they were playing that contributes to that, but it doesn't contribute all the way to teams basically shooting threes like Eric Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez when they played the Knicks across the whole season. So expecting a little bit of regression for the Knicks to, to cancel out uh, their pretty strong additions. Drew, I see your face. Are you fading <laughs> the Knicks this upcoming season? Or just no, just no read on this 40 and a half win total. No, I was making the face because I bet into that angle fading the Knicks a lot last year. <laughs> Every time they went up against a team that was like due for some positive shooting regression and they're going up against the Knicks who were giving up wide open threes to everyone on the dang court. Uh, and I think it, it came through for me maybe two out of ten times. <laughs> it was not a good angle. That's okay. We we move forward to the Knicks in the next 2022 season. You could follow Jay on Twitter at PointsBetGhost. He is with us every single week, giving us a glimpse behind the curtain over at PointsBet Sportsbook. Jay, thank you so much as always. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Drew. Going off the script here a little bit, Drew, and we'll finish up with Edge of the Day. I just want to share that I watched Malice at the Palace the other day. And if you have not watched that documentary, you got to do so. It was phenomenal. That was probably before your time. You know, I remember it. I was younger. I was here. I was on this planet. Okay, Drew, I'm not 13. I don't even know what I would be when that game, when the fight happened. But um, amazing documentary. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was it was insane. It was as, a, as a, I was way, way into sports at the time that that happened. And if that happened in today's media space, oh my goodness gracious. I can only imagine how we could do it. We could seriously do a five hour breakdown of everything seriously. that went down. But when just talking about the NBA, it was mind blowing. I watched it this past weekend. If you haven't watched it, just do yourself a favor. All right. For the first time in history, the two biggest sporting events on the planet unite with the Super Bowl and Winter Olympics on NBC this February. Go to NBCSports.com slash once in a lifetime for a chance to win a once in a lifetime VIP experience of your choice. No purchase necessary void where prohibited 18 plus to enter and February 4th subject to official rules. From Alice in the Palace, talking a little bit about the Olympics, and now we go to Edge of the Day. That is how we wrap up our show every single day right here on Bet the Edge. Drew, 
what we got going on today. Well, I'm going to take another unexpectedly poor wind total here. I am here for it. And it flies in the face of recent evidence, which would, you know, again, we talked about this. You don't want to re overreact to the preseason. And it's crazy to me the degree to which the market has really flipped on the Saints on the basis of one game at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars who were, you know, working on some stuff, you know, working on their third down stuff, you know, didn't really look like they were playing for much. And meanwhile, Jameis Winston is trying to secure his job as the starting quarterback. So he was taking chances, making plays. It was a great performance by him, but I don't think that really tells us much about what the Saints team is going to be this year. And really, this is kind of a common theme that I'm noticing with a lot of these QB competitions. We talked about it with the Bears. I think the same thing exists with the Saints. So much energy and so many, so much um, ink is spilled over what's going to happen between this, you know, with this quarterback competition that is it is obscuring the fact that there are massive holes on this roster. And that's, you know, they, they lose a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees. And that has absolutely not only put them in salary cap uh, straights, um, but it is you know, resulted in the general attrition of some of the talent, particularly in the defensive backfield and particularly at the wide receiver position. Uh, obviously, Michael Thomas not expected to be back mm -hmm. until about halfway through the season. Huge, quiet, missing pieces in the run-stopping unit for the Saints as well, uh, on top of the fact that their secondary has very questionable you know, players beyond Marshawn Lattimore, who may not be available for some of the games pending uh, an NFL suspension. So there are a ton of questions, particularly about the Saints defense. And I look at a schedule that is relatively difficult. They have, uh, you know, in general, uh, one of the more difficult schedules and, uh, you know, across the league, obviously playing Tampa Bay twice in the season doesn't help considering how strong Tampa Bay is. But I yeah. think Carolina is a little <laughs> underpriced by the market. I think Atlanta is a little underpriced by the market. And so there is this is going to be a relatively uh, difficult contest for them to come through cleanly. Their win total right now in general is about nine. I'm going to go a full win under that and take New Orleans under eight at plus 165. Not believing in the Jameis you know, hype this season, not believing in, uh, you know, in the fact that this uh, team can pick up in the loss of Drew Brees and carry on like they were, uh, despite the fact that they have coaching continuity. I absolutely love this play. I've talked about Atlanta a little bit on our preview show, and we've also, as we get ready for our NFL show, but here too. So under eight for the Saints, and as you mentioned, their schedule, which we showed your schedule breakdown, um, shows exactly why this under eight at plus 165 is an awesome alternate total. And also maybe you're not a believer in Taysom Hill QB1. I don't know. Um, Let's move on, though, and get to my edge of the day, and we will talk about baseball. And this game is starting in a little bit. So if you do like this play, it is at 2 p.m. Eastern, and my edge of the day is going to be in this Astros and Royals game. And the Astros are wrapping up this series against the Royals, and I look, and it's Lance McCullers pitching for the Astros. He has been really good for Houston this year, getting the start. He is 10-4. and four. His ERA is a 3-2-1. He's made 21 starts this year. He has allowed two runs or fewer in 15 of them. That is pretty incredible. And now, of course, he's facing a Royals offense that, yes, has been better as late, but all season really, really um, stagnant, I would say. 23rd in runs per game, not very sharp offensively. And then you look at the other side of the Houston Astros offense, they are just the best and top of the league in almost every single category. And they're facing Mike Miner, who they just saw last week. They were able to get seven hits off him, three runs and five and a third. They did end up winning that game six to three, the Astros did. Not to mention Mike Miner not only struggling this season, but more so on the road. His ERA is a 5-4-0. For the Royals this season, he's allowed at least three earned runs in his last four. 
I don't think anything will be any different today. I ultimately think that Houston, who struggled a little bit this month, 10 and 11 this month in August, even though they have a comfortable lead in their division, gets things going. I think they get to Mike Miner early and often. So for me, I will take the Houston Astros to win comfortably at home. The juice is a little high, so I take them on the run line. I think they get things done at minus 121 now. So money coming in on the Houston Astros for today, Drew. Fantastic look. The Astros really do seem like a team that is going to peak down the stretch here. They have had all of, they've been kind of treading water. They do, they've known they were going to win the West all season long. I do expect them to kind of put their foot on the gas here coming down the home stretch, maybe even uh, steal the one seed. A lot of, a lot of turnover here in this last month is looks like it's uh, it's coming uh, your Yankees. I was, you could have found me saying I'm not taking the Yankees. And now look what we have. It's crazy, man. I, this, uh, the, the whole a- a- AL feels completely up for grabs. And I do think, uh, yeah, looking for, looking for the Astros to, uh, to bury some of these teams that are also Rams is, uh, is a strong look. Yeah, if their bullpen can get it together, this is a dangerous team down the stretch and, of course, in the postseason. So our edge of the day, Drew will take the New Orleans Saints under eight alternate win total at plus 165, which is an awesome look. And for today, immediate action coming up in a few hours will be the Houston Astros run line versus the Royals. That does it for today here on Bet the Edge. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com. So much information, awesome tools to help you with your wagers whenever you're done listening to us. Thank you again to those of you watching on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. And please do not forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. For Drew Densick, I am Sarah Perlman. Good luck with all of your plays for today and tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.